are you ready we're not ready this is gonna be this is gonna be an episode i know i'm trying to like mentally prep myself to talk about this we just gotta jump into it baby (laughs) hey Chow. hey sophie d Ooh. so how are you oh god what a tone deaf question right yeah (laughs) just a little bit the world is on fire oh my god you know it should be good yeah it should be (laughs) i mean not the amazon that's that could stay off fire but everything else I can stay on fire. <laughs> not not Amazon itself. The Amazon. Oh, the rainforest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no! It's okay. You misheard me. It's fine. It's fine. I could have articulated more. <laughs> oh, I'm Oops. an asshole. It's fine. I didn't articulate a lot. I didn't even know. Ugh. Well, I mean, I don't think it's on fire anymore. I did see that um, something was on fire. Like Amazon, the company is on fire, but also I think some rainforest is still on fire somewhere. Oh my god. There's a lot of news to keep up on. It There's is very hard to be at the forefront of everything. Yeah, I'm very just zeroed in on the protests and yeah. all that stuff that's going on. Yeah. So I've kind of not been paying attention to anything else. Which is tough and that's how like everything else falls through the cracks, but like we are busy working on some human rights. Yeah. So I get it. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. we this week are watching a very current movie called just mercy which yes. is free for the month of june to stream online literally anywhere yeah anywhere where you can rent movies yeah just like google it or go on to the just mercy um movie website and like you'll just have you'll find the link to it for like google play itunes uh any of the platforms but with that being said just watch the movie yeah watch the movie first and then listen back to this or like obviously we're, we're gonna spoil everything so if you don't want that, then maybe this isn't the episode for you yet. But I mean, it's based on a real story. So if you right. know the story, right, then it's right, not right, right. really. That's what I was anyway. half thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just just you know, just so you know that obviously the obligatory spoiler warning because this movie is a 2019 movie. Yeah. So uh, we are still late to this game, but not that late. Not as late <laughs> as other ones. Fashionably late. Yeah. Yeah. Appropriately, not appropriately, but you know what I mean. <laughs> So I guess you want to just like jump into it? Sure. Yeah. Okay. What'd you know about it beforehand? I have never heard anything about this movie until you brought it up. Oh, wow. I did not know this movie existed, which I'm surprised about because this is just what I'm interested in. Yeah, I hate saying like it like up that. Your, yeah, up your, your alley. Yeah. Well, you know, it happens. I only knew about it because I follow um, basically the whole cast on Instagram. So they were posting about it. And uh, so Michael B. Jordan, Brie Larson... Um, I think that's the main, main cast. And then Dustin Daniel Cretton is the director and he's Mm -hmm. Asian. And you know how I'm a sucker for any Asian in media. (laughs) So I was like, oh, an Asian director. Let me see what this is about. Uh, And then obviously I didn't go watch it in theaters because why would I ever watch something when it comes out, you know? So uh, then they said that this was available for the month of June. And I was like, we gonna watch that. (laughs) We got to do it. And we did it. Yeah. So the synopsis is after graduating from Harvard, Brian Stevenson heads to Alabama to defend those wrongly condemned or those not afforded proper representation. One of his first cases is that of Walter McMillan, who was sentenced to die in 1987 for the murder of an 18-year-old girl, despite evidence proving his innocence. In the years that follow, Stevenson encounters racism and legal and political maneuvering that he is tirelessly, or as he tirelessly fights for McMillan's life. Well, that's just about it. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So, 
the movie opens in 1987 in Monroe County, Alabama. Jamie Foxx comes to set up whatever you need to set up to cut down a tree. I don't really know how that works. There was, <laughs> there was some rope pulling. You know, he, he had a chainsaw. He was, he was doing his thing, you know? Yeah, he's working. So he, Tim and him, one other dude, they cut down the tree. And then he's just kind of looking up at the trees because it's nice and peaceful and naturey. So then uh, afterwards, he's in his truck driving home. It's dusk. And then he gets stopped by the cops because there's like a roadblock of cops. Yeah. So then he turns his truck off, puts his hands on the wheel, the whole that thing that every black person has to do that probably not a lot of other people have to do. Yeah. And he gets super compliant and nervous. And I'm like, oh, God. Yep. Yeah. So then the officer comes over, asks about like, oh, man, you got some shiny rims. Must be nice to have such a nice car like that. And he's like, yeah, I own uh, I own my own business. He starts grilling him about how fancy his truck is. And he's like, oh, you don't have a boss, so you can just come and go as you please. Right. And I'm like, what is this? You know, in that moment, I was like, damn, so you really can't even own your own business because now nobody's there to vouch for you. You can't even own nice things. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that that really that gave me a moment. Also, I guess I mean everybody who listens to us knows us, but like I'm Chinese, you're Italian, so you know we're we're kind of separated from certain experiences. Yeah, we're trying to learn here. That's the thing too is we're learning on the fly as we're going. So what can go wrong? <laughs> I mean, I've been learning. Yeah, for me, this has been a very long and ongoing process. Mm-hmm. I do have to say, just to step out of the movie for a hot second. This week, for the past week and a half, I don't think I have done more fact-checking and research and finding sources than I have since high school. Yeah. Oh, definitely not. Like, I didn't write research papers in college. That was not a thing for me. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, the most of it was like definitely like in high school. And I was like, I don't, what? (laughs) So I'm glad that um, at least uh, that skill is coming back. Yeah, right. Out of everything. For me, it's um, kind of a lot of like unlearning stuff and Mm. me doing a lot of reflecting and looking back and being like wow (laughs) (laughs) oh boy oh (laughs) yeah (laughs) so there's a lot of that and yeah so should we just dive back in just go back in (laughs) okay so the officer is the sheriff and he reveals that he knows who the man is he calls him out by name after questioning him and johnny d yeah, and he drags him out of his car and arrests him. Yeah, he's basically saying something about, like, I bet you like to run around a lot here, Johnny D. Yeah. And then, and then Johnny D, which is, who is Jamie Foxx, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I swear I didn't do it. And then he gets very uh, violently arrested. Yeah. Or aggressively arrested. It goes from, like, zero to 100. Yeah. Yeah. There's no... <laughs> so when we cut to a news story... We found out a woman was killed, strangled, and shot. And mm-hmm. they're accusing Johnny D, who is Walter... Walter McMillan. McMillan. Yep. He, he's the one who got arrested. He's the one being accused of the murder. Yeah. Yeah. And the girl's name is Rhonda Morrison. Yes. I definitely, like, I wrote it down this time, and then I forgot her name for the rest of the movie. <laughs> because this movie's not about her. It's not about her. <laughs> so then um, the news person is saying that the jury recommended a life sentence, except that today, Judge Robert E. Lee Key overrode that decision and sentenced him to death. So I had to take a full stop because I'm like, this man is named Robert E. Lee Key. Like his parents named him fully after, uh, uh, what's the, the confederate, the confederate, yeah, confederate, the confederate loser. Yeah. So I'm like, hold on. We, we, the, the, the parents stand this man so hard. That they gave him the full name, not even just Robert E. or whatever, not even just Robert, just like Robert E. Lee at then their last name. Yeah, the pride for the Confederacy absolutely blows my mind. That was so embarrassing to me. I was like, and we make fun of K-pop stands? 
Yeah. So like I was, I had to stop again and think like, so this man looks like he's like 60, 70, which means that if it's 1987, then that means that he would have been born in the 1910s, 1920s, right? So that means that the parents were so in love with this man that 50 (laughs) years after they surrendered, they're still like, you know what? I'm going to name my son after him. I'm going to give them my full name. So proud of my Confederate Love that leader. guy, yeah. Yeah, my Confederate president. Yeah, he's going to have two middle names or two last names. It doesn't matter. Either way, he's getting the full name. Ugh. And then do you think that, so his name is Robert E. Lee. Do you think that the E is, they just gave him the initial or they gave him the actual <laughs> E full name, whatever that name is? I hope it's just the letter. <laughs> That's how I know him. So I'm just going to give you the letter. Yeah. And I was just like, you really gave him a whole last name on top of your name that's embarrassing that that's stalker shit yeah if that happened today Ugh. no <laughs> that kid would grow up and like change his name he would get bullied so hard yeah i would bully that kid yes <laughs> <laughs> anyway the sheriff is named tom tate and he's also getting interviewed for the news broadcast and he's saying that oh yeah you know some something happens in my town i'm gonna get to the bottom of it okay yeah sure yo fuck that guy yeah so then they film Walter getting put into the police van, and then we cut to Michael B. Jordan walking into a prison in Jackson, Georgia, and his name is Brian Stevenson. So he's waiting in the meeting room. I don't know the actual room names, but he's waiting in like the meeting room area for another inmate to come in. Yeah. So then uh, the guy gets brought in. His name is Henry. He's black. And Brian tells him that he was sent by a local defense committee because he's just an intern at this point mm. to tell Henry that he is not at risk of execution within the next year. Yeah. So then I was like, my first thought was, but what about after that? But I guess we're just living like moment to moment by now. Well, okay. He gets emotional because now he's like, okay, well, at least now my family can come visit me if I'm not going to get executed for another year. Yeah. He at least has that kind of peace of mind. Yeah. But you're still waiting a year to then find out when you're going to be executed. Yeah. And he was saying essentially that he didn't want his family to come see him if they thought that his execution was coming up soon because then it would be like a goodbye meeting and not like just a regular like, hey, dad kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so then they talk about like it, just, it cuts to later on and they're just like talking and laughing and relating to each other, talking about church and how they grew up kind of yeah. similarly. Because they're the same age. Yeah. Oh, God. They're just they're chatting and then a guard busts in and like this should have been done two hours ago and Brian's like sorry I lost track of time and he's like you should have been keeping an eye on the clock and, I'm and like, he immediately manhandles the prisoner yeah which is so unnecessary yeah. like his hands and his feet are bound like he has the what's he gonna on do yeah, yeah. yeah he can't do anything yeah super excessive very totally not necessary but then Henry's like just don't worry about it man just make sure you come back here and I'm like what what mm. so you know people are too nice yeah anyway brian tries to tell the cop that henry didn't do anything and henry's just like i'm just gonna start singing my favorite church song because they both know the same church songs so then he sings as the guard like drags him away and then now it's two years later in sussex county delaware and brian's siblings are helping him pack up a car and his dad tells him to go check on mom who's out front so he goes to mom mom is in a mood she says you might have a law degree but i'm still your mom and if you go down there and i'm the one that has to if you die down there i'm the one that has to organize the funeral and i was like whoop she's yeah. right i know she's so worried about his well-being yeah and she says if you can't see the danger of going down there then you need to ask harvard for your money back and i was like you are right mom yeah she's totally correct. that is expensive yeah <laughs> and i hate that that's their reality yeah yeah so then he sits down next to her and says that um you know the first time he went down to death row he saw henry who was his age and like grew up basically the same as him so 
um he says that she always taught him to help those who need it most and these guys need help and she is like you know i'm proud of you but you're dumb (laughs) (laughs) so she just says to be careful and then now he's on the road to alabama and he gets there so he pulls up to some building and ava who is brie larson is speaking to some manager she is great at speaking to managers it seems (laughs) she has the perm it's it's amazing yeah uh this guy will not let them into their office that they're trying to rent because they're not trying to to have a tenant who is trying to help people get out of death row. Yeah, he's like, I don't need whatever you're doing to sully my reputation. Yeah. And he's like, you gotta go. <laughs> and Ava is like, you, you, she has words for him. Yeah, she's like, you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and fight me, you'll catch these hands soon. Yeah. So then they walk away. Uh, Ava's also with her son at this time. So they walk away saying that... Uh, I'll find you an office, I promise. Because she also introduces Brian to the guy at that point. That's just like the smart. I like when they have the more smart and organic ways of introducing a character rather than like, hello, my name is Ava. Hi, I'm Brian, you know? Yeah. So it's. I'm glad that they did that. So anyway, later on, we're at Ava's house and we're over dinner talking about how, um, why Ava got into the whole death row world. I didn't write her story down, but basically... Um, she says... That all these men end up there because they had shitty representation or none at all. Yeah. And she like made all these phone calls until she finally found Brian, right, was her thing. Or maybe Brian called her. I don't know. Either way, they got in contact somehow and she was like, absolutely, that's my man. Yeah. So good for them. (laughs) We see that Ava's husband is there and he has a very unfortunate perm, but he's a very supportive man. So I'll let it slide. Yeah. It is also the 80s. I get the perms, but (laughs) I'm glad that they stopped in the 80s, maybe late 90s. But anyway, uh, next day, Brian is driving to the correctional facility and stops to let some inmates cross the road so that they can continue their work. And it is very much a slave scene. Yeah. So it's a bunch of inmates in their like really shitty outfits. And then the cops are on horses and they're walking from one field to another field. And I'm like, how how do people not see that this is the new slave system yeah it basically is i need to watch 13th me Didn't too get to watch that yet my mom yeah. did just watch it last night she watched it without me can't believe she just left me behind like that that's rude yeah right <laughs> anyway so i guess i'll just watch it today and then we'll talk about it tomorrow whatever yeah but no yes yeah, so that was that was a whole ass slave scene but then he drives by he checks in at the front gate and or the front desk and says that he should be in the log he has six appointments today and the guard doesn't believe that he's a lawyer and tells him that he has to stop and search him so it's like go uh we gotta do a strip search and brian's like that's not what we do to attorneys here yeah he's like we're not stripped for legal visits and the officer's like you're not visiting anyone unless you strip so and then the other officer is just sitting there like yeah. flipping through a magazine he doesn't care what's happening yep. so we cut into another room the officer has him stretch strip everything just a gross misuse of his power yep. and just a way to dehumanize Brian and yep. just humiliate him. Love degrading people. Ugh. So much fun. Yeah. And then uh, he says, no, bend it over and spread it. And then he laughs and leaves. So I'm like, mm, cool. Love that. Anyway, first appointment is a black Vietnam vet who has PTSD and a stutter. Mm. He says that he did put the bomb on her porch, but didn't mean to kill anybody, if that makes sense. So he's scared that his execution is coming up soon. And Brian says that there's always a way and that he'll do anything he can to make sure that that doesn't happen. And then we get a quick montage of the next few appointments, which is all. Back to him. Okay. So this one hurts my heart. Because with the Vietnam War, so many soldiers came back traumatized and there was little understanding or treatment for PTSD. 
So right, we didn't care about mental stuff back then. Yeah. So I'm sure whatever little treatment people were getting, I'm sure the black veterans probably received none, less or none. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel so bad for him mm-hmm. because whatever happened, he's probably wasn't together. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Not at all. And I'm just like, oh God. Definitely was like an episode. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so we got a quick montage of the next appointments and they're all essentially saying that they had previous lawyers, but they were bullshit and didn't help so now walter comes in and he says that the last lawyer that sat there told him not to worry about anything and then the next day he was sentenced to die so ouch and his family ran out of money so the lawyer ran out so he asked brian what he's going to do different brian scumbag (laughs) i took your money i'm gone yeah i mean yeah yeah cases that's how they be Ugh. i have to work for that one ew ew so brian suggests a retrial Walter says they already tried that. And then Brian suggests a line of other things they can do. And Walter's like, that's cute. You use all these big words. So that doesn't mean shit down here. Yeah. So he's like, the only suits that they want to see black men in are these suits. And he points to like his suit, obviously. So then Walter gets angry and goes on about how, you know, you're a fancy boy from Harvard and you can say yes, sir, no, sir, all you want and be nice to buddy, buddy with all the white people. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because if there's fingerprints or not, they're still going to pin you for the crime. So it comes down to if you if they think that you look like the person that could do the, the crime or not. And then he walks away. And he also says to Brian, they'll chew him up and spit him out like every other black man that steps out of line. Yep. I was like, oh my God. Um, Mr. McMillan's totally given up on the justice system, oh, but like it yeah. failed him. Yeah. It, it, was, totally it was never there for him. him. Yeah, it didn't even no. try for him. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Walter gets led back to his cell and the inmates are calling him Johnny D. So I was always confused in the, like the first half of the movie, I was confused because I was like, Walter, Johnny D. Like, I thought that Johnny D was the nickname of the person that actually killed the girl. So I thought that they were, like, projecting that nickname onto him. And I didn't realize that that was actually just his nickname. (laughs) So I figured it out at some point. Yeah. But either way. Okay. So now his cell neighbors are Herb. Herb is the PTSD vet. And Ray, who is O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yeah. He was in 21 Jump Street. And he was also in Straight Outta Compton. And, um... He was, I think he was in something else, but I forget at the second. So yeah, those are his cell neighbors and they have a, a good rapport. They're supportive of each other because yeah. they know that they're a human, you know, when you treat somebody with respect. That's yeah. how it goes. Anyway, they're talking about meeting with Brian and, and Herb is like, oh, I think he was nice. And then Ray's like, nice. What's that going to do? <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> they're just, they're talking about that stuff. And then some fighting happens down in the distance. So Herb turns on his music and Ray's like, turn that up. I don't want to hear that. So that's, I guess, how they also deal with things in on death row as well. Yeah. So now it's nighttime. They have very few distractions that yeah. they have to make do. Yeah, we're back to Brian. He's looking over Walter McMillan's files and a load of other files. Pulls an all-nighter. All-nighter. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls an all-nighter. He believes that Walter didn't commit the crime, and we get some details. This case was based solely on the testimony of a man named Ralph Myers, who's not a credible source because he's been in and out of prison. While he was testifying, he was also being tried for a murder, which he got 30 years for, which leads to the suspicion that he cut a deal for a story. He also claims Walter had him at gunpoint, made him drive Walter to the crime scene, waited for him while he committed the crime. Eva steps in. She's like, okay, so this white girl gets killed. The sheriff can't solve it. So this other guy comes in to say, I'll help for a shorter sentence. Hey, this black guy did it. She said what we were all thinking. Yeah. So the other thing to the the inconsistency in Ralph's story is that he 
got kidnapped at gunpoint they drove to this cleaner where the girl got killed so then walter told him allegedly told him wait here while i go inside so instead of waiting there he went to the gas station to get cigarettes and then returned back to the scene of the crime instead of calling for help yeah buddy you know like your story sucks yeah so i was like if you're gonna frame somebody for murder at least like make it realistic yeah you know but like a huge issue is just they only had his story yeah and that's what walter got convicted on yep which is so fucked up so we cut back to brian heading to monroeville to meet with tommy chapman who is the district attorney Mm -hmm. chapman kind of grills him about his business because he's getting involved with the johnny d case Mm -hmm. and they talk about walter's case and he wants support from chapman for the case and chapman will not budge on the conviction which is super gross Yep, I have a lot of thoughts on that, but we're going to keep talking about the story. Yeah, I was like, F this guy. I was like, this guy's a scumbag. Because he's like, I'm here to defend the conviction. I'm like, no, sir. You're here to... (laughs) No. Mm -hmm. I hate him. So Chapman ends up giving Brian a folder with all the confessions in the case. And Brian looks at it because it's literally like... It's like three sheets big. Yeah. He's like, I wanted copies of all the police and witness statements. And Chapman's like... (laughs) That's this it. is all that's relevant to the case. Yeah. Okay. So then after he hands him the folder, the DA is like, uh, Johnny D is a convicted murderer and that's been decided by a jury and it's my job to uphold that conviction. And Brian's like, even if it's based on false testimony, then the DA is like, you're the only one who believes that. And Brian's like, then I guess I must be the only one who run the case because it's pretty obvious. And I was like, you tell him. Yeah. You let him know. <laughs> so then the DA is like, if Go you Brian. Keep... <laughs> he's like, if you keep poking around, he's going to make a lot of people unhappy. And then Brian's like, it's not my job to make people happy. It's about finding justice. And I was like, you keep telling him yeah you let him know they that's kind of like the end of that scene but then it's like i was at first i was like so he pulled out this thing that was on the top of his drawer i was like is that not convenient like was he ready for that move but then i realized that uh, brian actually requested those scenes so i had to calm myself down a little bit i get um pulled in really quickly sometimes (laughs) so i also have to remind myself to uh shut up for a minute (laughs) so then brian leaves he calls ava saying that it doesn't even sound like the da read walter's case and then um he goes over to the cleaner where the murder happened just to kind of see what the situation was and he gets followed by police there yeah super obvious yeah when brian uh left the attorney's office i he also locks eyes with the old racist sheriff Mm. and i was like this is it putting our dukes up yep (laughs) so ava also tells brian that chapman probably doesn't even want to touch the case because it's political suicide and i was Mm. like even so it'd be the right thing to do and i don't care about that though i know i get so mad (laughs) it was so long ago it was in the 80s (laughs) i know i was like watching this and i was like this movie's in the 80s and like barely in the 80s it's in 89 yeah it's almost in the 90s yeah i was like this is all so close yeah still i have i'm gonna talk about that later on like on our thoughts on the movie at the end yeah um but anyway so yeah so now he's driving down a dirt road and let's like kind of throw a black community and then he pulls up to walter's house so his wife minnie comes to greet him she says that some of the neighbors came by to see like what he had to say did you notice that like when he drove into alabama he passed by like a white suburban neighborhood Mm -hmm. and then this shot is like a total 180 of that yeah it's essentially and, the same shot but all the houses are significantly worse the yeah. lawns are overgrown like the yellow. other thing too is that when he was driving through the white neighborhood um all the white neighbors were like lounging and stuff the only black guy that was there was doing lawn work yeah like that kind of thing but yeah so in this neighborhood 
Minnie's saying that, you know, some neighbors have come by just to see what you have to say. So then we cut inside and it's literally the whole town is in there. Everybody's in there. Minnie hugs Brian when she meets him. And I'm like, oh my God, this poor woman. Yeah. Uh, Because the other Lori's never made an attempt to even go to the house. Yeah. So this was the first big step for them. Mm -hmm. So then he asks everybody, we're inside again. He asks everybody what their perspective is on things. So one woman says that there's literally no way that Johnny did this because the morning that the girl got killed, he was here prepping for a fish fry fundraiser for the church, which is a mouthful to say. Yeah. And he had, so but he had a solid alibi. He had the whole, yeah. He had a solid alibi. He was helping his son work on a truck. He was yeah. with all these people all day. And that was not used in his defense. Why would they give him the chance to defend himself? Oh. So they say that there's no way he was here at 9.30 a.m., went all the way into town to kidnap a man, go to the drive cleaners, kill a girl, and do that at 10.15. Yeah. I don't I don't know how far away they are, but like if they're on a dirt road, I'm going to assume that they're not very close. No, not at all. So then Brian asked how many people were with him that day, and literally everybody in that house raises their hands. So it's like, what a weak case from the town. They literally did the bare minimum to frame somebody, and they still won. Yeah. How fun is that? So we also find out that a few months before the murder, Walter got caught fooling around with a white woman. Scandalous. And her husband found out and put them on blast. And I'm like, that's, that's why. Yeah. That's why Walter's being targeted yeah. for this murder, yep. which is fucked up. And I feel bad for Minnie and I feel bad for Walter too. because Minnie didn't deserve that and neither does Walter. Yeah. He doesn't deserve a death sentence for cheating. Cheating. Because it takes two to tango. <laughs> okay. It, it do. <laughs> Sir. Divorce your wife. <laughs> like, God, deal with it another way. Ah. <sighs> so from that story, more and more rumors had spread out. From So Walter went from a cheater to a drug dealer to a mafioso. Which, how do you A to B that one? Because <laughs> people are nuts and they'll believe anything because yeah. you're in a small town in Alabama where it's fucking boring as shit and these Ooh. people need something to talk Damn. about. Damn. <laughs> Sophia's on the record saying she fucking hates Alabama. No. <laughs> JK, I'm sure you're very nice people. Yeah. <laughs> the not racist ones. Anyway, one of the guys chimes in to say that they can call it what they want to, but it's just another way to lynch a black man, and they are very much right. Yeah. So then Minnie comes back in and asks how she's supposed to tell her kids to keep their heads down and stay out of trouble when you can literally be in your own home, minding your own business, and still get murder put on you. And yeah. I was like, damn, she is right. Seriously. And it does happen. So then Walter's daughter says, it's not just her dad. They feel like they've all been put on death row, Ugh, which like my heart sank. a ripple effect, right? Yeah. Because now it's one of those like, oh, well, if he's a bad guy, then he taught his kids to be a bad guy. And what if they're not bad guys, you know? Yeah. So it's like that whole thought process. So then Brian says some hopeful stuff. But then his son chimes in to say that they got run dry from the last lawyer. So like, what is he going to do? And then Brian's like, well, my organization is going to cover all the fees. And they're all like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Same. I would also do the same. Yeah, right. So after this whole meeting, Brian is like embracing and shaking hands with everyone. So Walter's son comes over and introduces Brian to Darnell, who thinks he can prove Walter's innocence. So we sit down with everyone. Darnell says that the other witness, Bill Hooks, mm-hmm. made up his entire testimony because you had Ralph Myers and Bill Hooks, and those were the only people that gave any type of story. Mm-hmm. Darnell was working at the shop on a Camaro that whole day with Bill Hooks, and we find out that he was arrested for burglary and walked free when he gave his statement mm. defending Ralph. Suspicious. Yeah, right? 
Darnell says that he told other lawyers, but no one did anything with that information. And Brian asks if he's willing to sign a statement because obviously you need everything on the record. Yeah. But Darnell's obviously super nervous to get involved and it takes... As he should be. Yeah. Especially down there. Come on. And he eventually agrees after everyone kind of co- like They're like, we need you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're like, we really need you for this to get our dad out of death row. Yeah. <laughs> like, doesn't that on. suck, though, that you have to risk your own safety and well-being for somebody else's safety and well-being? Yeah. Because Darnell's trying to keep his head down. He's trying yeah. to survive. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. But yeah, he does decide that he will go on on like official record for that. And then we cut back to the prison and Brian is meeting with Johnny again. Johnny cuts him off to tell him that it meant a lot for him to actually go to his house because obviously nobody has done that before. So Brian gives Johnny a note or like a white envelope to him from Minnie. Hmm. Don't see what that is until later on. But he says that Darnell will give testimony that they'll submit for a new trial. So now Walter says that he was late. He confesses to being unfaithful to Minnie and that it's a wonder that she's standing by him. And Brian's like, well, she's doing that because she knows that you don't belong here. And he says, I do too. And I was like, so do I. <laughs> so then Walter asks about Brian's life because he's like, you know, you went to my home. You know everything about me, but I don't know anything about you. So then um, he asked Brian, like, why is he working down here in Alabama for no pay? Like, you're a Harvard graduate. What are you doing down here? Yeah. So then he's like, I grew up on a dirt road just like yours. You know, I had um, kind of a similar upbringing, but my grandma, my grandpa got murdered over a TV and then nobody showed up to help, which made him realize that outside of his community, nobody cared. So to him, he's just another black guy that got killed on the projects, which means that like, I get it. I know what it's like, you know, to, to be in the shadows. I'm like, I get where you are. Like, I am you. Like yeah. that kind of thing. So that's why he's doing this. And then Walter's like, okay, I respect that. <laughs> so then he finally like accepts Brian's help. Yeah. Now you can help me. Yeah. (laughs) So then we cut back to uh, Walter's in his cell now, and he's looking at what Minnie gave, and it's all photos of the family. Hmm. That's fun. That's super nice. Yeah. One of the inmates, I think it was Ray, Ray. asks uh, about the lawyer, Brian, because he's representing everyone on... uh, Anyone he can. (laughs) Yeah. They then try to talk to Herbert, but he took a really long time to reply. I know. So I was like... Herb, Herb. <laughs> hello, are you okay? But phew, he's still he's still there. Yeah, so Herb finds out that they set his execution date, mm. and that's got to be the scariest feeling to know exactly when you're going to be put to death. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't do anything about it. Yeah, and I feel so horrible for Herbert, because something about a bomb is a senseless way to hurt or kill people, but if he was treated for his ptsd like he wouldn't have been in this predicament yeah, like, he if, wouldn't if have he been was here. in the right facility too yeah that would have been probably a, a manageable situation yeah and he feels so guilty about what he did and ray and um walter are both like it wasn't your fault like you shouldn't be here you should be yeah. in a hospital and you're a vet you fought for the country like they should have treated you better like all yeah. that stuff and they continue consoling him and i'm in tears <laughs> i'm just like uh i cried a lot during this movie I had to take so many breaks. Yeah. Just to be like, you need to take a break, Ned. Just like watch something stupid for five yeah. minutes and then come back to this. I got mad a lot and I cried a lot. Mm. This movie really pulled out. This whole week I've been ready to cry. Yeah. <laughs> like literally like the, the dumbest thing or like just the like the smallest sign of like support or like unity. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's been uh, it's been an experience for everybody. Yeah, definitely. So we end up cutting tape 
Eva and she's yeah. discussing. Oh, wait, just one quick thing yes. because we find out here, like they're they're both doing the consoling of, of um, not Ray, because Ray says something now, but they're consoling Herb. And then Ray says like, you know, you did something bad, but like they threw us all in here without like actual like fair anything. Yeah. So Ray's saying that when he was arrested, the cops... Uh, he told the cops that he didn't do anything. And then they said, well, one of you expletives did it. Mm-hmm. So if it wasn't you, you're just taking one for your homies. And I'm like, absolutely not. Because that's like so lazy. And that's like one like the th- same thing with Walter is like, you're going to frame somebody. But that means that the actual murderer is still out there. Yeah. So if somebody murdered your little 18 year old white girl, that means that they're still out there maybe going out to murder another 18 year old white girl. I had do a you whole, not want to protect your other white girls. I had a whole rant about that later. <laughs> like, uh, we'll, we'll, revisit we'll, we'll come back to that. We're going to but we're both no. gonna snap we gotta get through the plot and then we can snap what happened with ray i was like are you kidding me yeah like that's so it's, it's fucked up it's yeah. fucked up yeah Ugh. and then and then ray continues essentially saying that his prosecutor put him away because of his mugshot he's like based on your mugshot you look like somebody that could have done the crime so goodbye you're going away and that's, i'm like what huh so fucked up that's what yeah so sir so his tear up your law degree right quit your job his like, point is essentially that like herb doesn't deserve the sentence any more than any of them do like yeah. obviously there's some of them there that do like that did a really shitty thing and like need to get punished for it don't know about the death sentence we'll maybe discuss that later i haven't thought too much about that part essentially but on in the world of these three men mm-hmm. none of them deserve it more than the than anybody else does i mean i don't know if it's common knowledge but like a lot of people are aware that a lot of people who are convicted on to death row a lot of their cases like they've been are convicted in, in, incorrectly yeah like it happens all too often that there's errors and yeah. it's really you if you're sentencing someone to death you're not allowed to have errors yeah you cannot you can't just be like oops yeah that's a person's life yeah if i make a typo on an ad i get grilled <laughs> okay if i do these people are fucking up and if killing I color people. correct something wrong somebody be like that looks why is it like that yeah are okay. you kidding Oh. so anyway um where are we so we cut to eva yes, and okay. she's discussing herbs herbs i want to say herb herbs case <laughs> he was sent to vietnam when he was 18 mm. he's the only survivor of an ambush he had a mental breakdown attempted suicide and got sent home on an honorable honorable discharge when he was home he had nightmares fits ran to neighbors screaming and Brian says that Herb's lawyer in his case never mentioned military service or mental mental trauma to the mm. jury. That's fucked up. That's convenient, too. That would have been a really strong case in his defense. And it just totally, they totally ignored it. Like, that's ridiculous. Good thing they treat black people equally. <sighs> <sighs> then so, the phone rings. Yeah. The son picks up. So then he gives it to mom, who's Ava. And it's it's a death threat. It's some dude on the phone saying, uh, why are you helping that expletive Johnny D guy and, and all that stuff? I put a bomb under your house if you don't stop working for him. So they run out immediately. Yeah. I would not know what to do if somebody claimed to put a bomb under my she house. She gets everyone and calls the authorities. She's yep. very quick. So then while they're all waiting out there, the cop's like, we didn't find anything, whatever. And he's like annoyed. And like, fuck you, bro. Do your fucking job. Why would you waste my time looking for a bomb when there's like, no bomb? Shut up. So two white guys in a truck drive by, real slow, staring them down, making it real obvious that they're the culprits. I'm like, these guys had to have done it. There's no way they're two nosy neighbors because the right. nosy neighbors would have been out on the street. And also that's one of those like, let me show up at the scene of my own crime. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you douchebag. 
That is like you're straight up trying to intimidate. Like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. So later on, Eva tells Brian that she knew people were going to have issues with her for working with him, but she doesn't care if people like her as long as she's doing what she's supposed to do. Yeah. And then Brian says, like, you can, I won't blame you if you want to, like, walk away from this. And she's like, I'm not going to have my son think that I just walked away from this because some bigot was mean to me. Aww. And I was like, you let him know. You teach that boy right. I like her. Yeah. I like Brian. I like both of them. Yeah. A lot. So then they decide that they just have to start from scratch now with Walter's case. And they talk to everybody in town who could have seen or known anything about it. So then we get A lot a- of the people they talk to are assholes. Yeah. Oh, my. Just talk about it. Like, stop it. <laughs> Get over it, guys. Yeah. Brian and... Oh. No, I was just going to say, it's a montage of them going door to door and people just shutting the doors in their face. Yeah. So Brian eventually speaks with an ex-cop and the guy lets him in to talk to him. Eva meets with a restaurant owner and she's like, oh, here's a flyer about the fish fry on that day. I was like, why does she still have that? And why is it so... That's what I was going to say. It's like, (laughs) that's so readily available. Yeah. But I'm not mad about it. Yeah, no, we finally <laughs> we finally get some help and some leads. But that's also, I guess that's also to show that, like, literally, if if Walter was represented in any kind of decent way, like, they literally had to just ask one person. Yeah. And they would have found their answer and their alibi. Exactly. Oh, we cut to Brian opening up his office, Equal Justice Initiative, and mm-hmm. I'm so proud of him. Yeah, they put up a sign. It's like a nice empty space. It's like big and... Ugh. I'm like, you go, Brian. Yeah, you deserve this. <laughs> I'm like, oh going up so fast <laughs> so it's just it's another montage of them making calls doing the work and meeting with people and now they have a new employee brenda oh that's later isn't it no that's after that's like this montage oh okay yeah it's all it's all happening so fast i like brenda yeah i like them all yeah. i like all three of them so we darnell ends up calling brian in a tizzy so he got arrested for perjury mm-hmm. which is the offense of willing willfully telling an untruth in a court after having taken an oath or affirmation He's upset. He got arrested while at work, which obviously is embarrassing, but probably mm-hmm. twice as embarrassing if you're black. Yep. Darnell's distraught, understandably. Brian charges into the um, police department to speak to the sheriff, and Chapman, the district attorney, attorney is there. And I'm like, ugh, of course. Yep. Of course, these two horrible people are in the same room together. Best friends, six ugh. feet apart, because they're homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Sheriff claims that Darnell made a false statement and Brian's like, you can't do that. You had no evidence that he made a false statement. You dingus. Like, yep. And like, how dare you say that to me? You're a douche. So the sheriff tells some sob story about Rhonda's family being upset that her case is being reopened. I'm like, they can fucking suck it up. Don't they want to know? Wouldn't you want rather have the right person? Yeah. Like, fuck your feelings. Make sure you get the right person because there's right. no justice. What if that person had a thing against her whole family? Yeah. Then both of her parents are also at risk. What if... Idiots. What if that was just the start of a serial killer? Right. And like more people died after her and it's like you have this innocent guy Imagine in jail and more story. people kept dying. Like, Imagine. are you fucking kidding? <laughs> Imagine uh. the story that that this girl, Rhonda, is, is the first kill of a serial killer and the entire cops that the cops of this town just enabled them to keep going yeah that would be on all of them wow talk about like justice Mm -hmm. (laughs) or karma but then also so the other thing that tate is the the sheriff one of the the he's a taint (laughs) hate him 
hate that guy. bitch. <laughs> oh my God. But one of the first things he says is that, you know, Darnell made a false statement and people need to be held accountable. So I'm like, he's right. So arrest the cops. Yeah. People need to be held accountable. Arrest yourself, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Huh. Hate him. Yeah. Yeah. Chapman then brushes everything off and says that the court dismissed Brian's motion to reopen the case anyway because Brian wants to remove the perjury charges on yeah. Darnell. A the only only hard part about this movie was like following the legal system because <laughs> I don't know shit about shit. <laughs> I was like, what does that do though? What does this do? What does that mean? I'll send you some stuff to watch. Okay. Okay. And <laughs> Chapman's a douche. Like both of them are douchers. Yeah. I hate these guys. So Brian later gets pulled over while he's driving because mm -hmm. of course because he stood up to the sheriff so now they feel the need to put him in his place and the da yeah so this officer comes up and he tells brian to get out of the car brian asks a question very Just calm why am i cool. getting pulled over for after a few back and forths the officer snaps loses it forces him out at gunpoint mm -hmm. and i'm like i hate this so much throws him against the car has the gun on his head yeah and is just like screaming at him yeah what the fuck so as he's doing that, the partner um, goes into the passenger side of the seat to mess up all of Brian's files and probably snatches something. But essentially, he's just like flipping through things and just like making a mess out of his car. And then they, they were just doing that to be like, we can do dip. this to you. Yeah. We're putting you in your place. Yeah. We can do this. You have no power over us. Yeah. Yeah. So then they go back to the car and Brian's like, why did I get pulled over? And then they're like, we let you go. You should be happy. And I'm like, I... I'm angry. Yeah. It's an intimidation tactic. They're trying to get him off the case because yeah. obviously the case it was fucked up. Yeah. So. And very easily um, flawed or not flawed, but like very easily uh, you could prove it wrong in like two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Like Brian literally read a piece of paper and was like, mm. oh, this is wrong. Yeah. Like so many other yeah. cases of police fucking up. <laughs> so the next day. Yeah. Sorry. We're with Walter. <laughs> Walter is convinced that he lost again since Darnell pulled his confession. And then Walter goes on to tell him that he was put on death row before his trial. And Brian's like, what? Why didn't you tell me that beforehand? And he's like, excuse me? Huh? Yeah. So then um, Walter notices that Brian's a little bit down and he's like, they're targeting you, aren't they? They're like intimidating you. And Brian's like, I mean, yeah, but like whatever. And I'm like, but also like it's getting to you a little bit, but you can't let it. Yeah. But also like if we were in that situation, like I'd be crying. So oh, for I get sure. <laughs> Yeah. I wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah. <laughs> So then um, Walter says that he should train up a new lawyer so that the kid can take over if anything happened to Brian. And then they laugh about it. But he's right. Yeah. You know? It's like kind of messed it's up. It's like, ha, 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 ha. Dark, uncomfortable humor. Yeah. Yeah. So Brian mentions that the next move is that he wants to talk to Ralph Myers. Walter does not like that idea. No, he's like, mm, but. But Brian's like, the only way to see what Ralph really knows is to get him talking. So we're like, huh. Yeah. So we cut to Brian meeting with Ralph. Who was who a scumbag. Oh, yep. <laughs> he is, um, he was the guy from Holes. Is he? Oh my God. That's him. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. Wow. It's almost the same character too, right? Oh, a, a scumbag? Very, oh man. Oops. <laughs> so yes, he's meeting with Ralph. Immediately, I'm like, wow, Ralph sucks. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. Ralph is also in jail, which also confused me because I thought that he snitched to get out of jail. No, he got 30 years. Oh, oh, like so, instead of life or something? So like the whole, the thing, the thing that's assumed is that he gave a statement about Walter to reduce his sentence to get like a deal. Oh, yeah. So he would have had more than 30 years. Oh, for sure. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Or cool. he, so that doesn't, still doesn't change anything because yeah. he's kind of old. He's going to, never mind. Or he could have been on death row and then mm. got the 30 years. Oh, okay. Which we'll I touch see. on later. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> 
So they start talking. Ralph doesn't want to talk about his testimony against Walter. Nope. He starts talking about other stuff. And Brian uses that to make him feel some sympathy for Walter. Yeah. He so says, brilliant. Talking about like kids and stuff. And um, Brian, not Brian, uh, Ralph is like, I have kids and like my wife turned them against me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, boo-hoo. Yeah. So then um, Brian's like, you know, who else has kids is Walter. <laughs> you know who also doesn't get to see their kids is Walter. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It kind of sucks. I'm sure that's on your conscience to like know that somebody might be dying because of you. But uh, I don't know. That's just me. I don't know. I'm just thinking about it. Yeah. So Ralph ends up dropping a little bit of info. We find out the day he was arrested, he was being questioned about Rhonda's murder, mm-hmm. which was... I don't know what that means, though. Well, he, he was like a suspect or like they were questioning him about it. So oh. it's like they're trying to get information about this case that like just happened. Uh, because yeah. he was essentially saying that like that's all the police were talking about. That's all they cared about. That's all they would ask about. So like the second like anybody had any information, like they were down with it. Yeah. So I was like, what? I don't get that. But... You know, let's keep moving on with the plot. (laughs) (laughs) So Brian ends up calling the office, relaying the new info to Eva and Brenda. And Brian says he needs info from the courthouse. And luckily, Brenda knows someone. Really great. Yep. Oh, because, okay, so here's why it it was an important detail. is because the girl died on June 3rd. That was the day that Ralph got arrested. But Mm -hmm. the first testimony about that was on record from Ralph was from two months later. Yeah. So that's why that was a, a funky thing. So yes. Then, so yes, back to that's why they want to go to the original courthouse or the original police files that, that Ralph had in whatever town it was that Brenda happens to know somebody from that town. So she nice. hooks it up. <laughs> I'm glad you got all that. Yes. <laughs> it's a town called Escambia. So yeah. Brian goes over to that courthouse with Brenda and the woman behind the desk is, I think, a relative of Brenda's. And she just gives him the whole entire file on Ralph. <laughs> Here you go. And she's like, here, just take it. Just make copies of whatever. Do whatever you want. So then Brian finds some cassette tapes. And he's like, can I make a copy of these? And she's like, absolutely. Yeah. So they do that. They go. And now it's later on. Brian is listening back to the tapes. And then he's like, hey, guys, I just found a really good thing. Here. This is what it says. Oh. Oh. And then he plays it back. I did not write down it word for word. But essentially, it is it is the recording of Tate interrogating Ralph. And Ralph is saying, I do not know who killed that girl. Uh, I will not frame somebody for her murder. That is not going to be on my conscience. Conscience. And Tate's like, so you truly, you are saying to me that you do not know. And he says, I do not know. And that's like, that's it. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what? So let's go back to jail. Walter is sleeping, but hears Herb sobbing. So he checks oh, on him and it, says to hold it's on. It's execution day. Yeah. He says to hold on because Brian is working as they speak and Herb is having a panic attack and Walter is helping him breathe and, and like just take it slower. And he talks him kind of like through some meditation in the calming trees. And then like. I was so mad. I was like, he needs professional help, not death. Right. And like also way to hold it down for your friend, Walter. I know. Like that was a very good job that he did. Mm. And they, they just care about each other. I know. Like, they're just friends. But uh, so, like, later on, we're back to um, Brian doing some more work. And their office is growing. Yeah. Did you notice their empty bookshelves are now full? I know. Very proud of them. I called them Brian and his angels. Uh, (laughs) Brian's angels. Yeah. Uh, So he writes down whatever he's writing down and then faxes it to whoever he has to fax it to. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I was like, is that a motion? Is that how? uh, I don't know. Faxing? Yeah. What year is that? I actually, I thought, like, I knew, obviously, like, the the subtitles in the beginning says 1987, and then it says two years later. So, like, I know it's 1989, but I could not stop thinking, like, this is the 60s. Yeah, totally. 
Feels so like that's it. a yeah, that's that's a thing that I'll touch on later on. Anyway, uh, it's quarter to five now, and the court calls back to tell them that their request on the on holding the execution has been denied. Ugh. So that sucks a lot. Yeah. Cut to the prison, and the guards come to get Herb. Walter reminds him about the the calming breathing techniques, and that they'll always be with him. So then we cut to Herb getting prepped for the chair, and they have to shave off his eyebrows. They have to shave the hair and the eyebrows. What does that do? Uh. I forgot, but I feel like it's so to like ensure that everything gets done in one shot. Oh, yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> oh, horrible. So there's a young CEO helping out and the older one tells him not to think too much about it because this is his first execution or else he'll lose his shit. And I was like, oh, I wonder how different it would be if empathy existed, huh? Yeah, right. maybe we wouldn't do this as much. Huh? So then Brian comes to see Herb and the a female CEO escorts him and tells him that his song will be queued up and ready. So then I was also like, is this? I didn't know that, like, woman, like, I thought it was, like, man jails and, like, woman jails. I didn't know that there were, like, co-op COs. Um, yeah. Oh. I was more surprised that they're, that's the 80s and she's a black woman CO. Yeah. Or Spanish. I thought she was Spanish. She's dark. Not white. She was not white. She's not white. But I was just surprised, one, to see a woman CO. Yeah. In the 80s. And because I, I feel like that's, you. I feel like not so much a female thing. cops and COs are, like, current. Yeah. So I was surprised to kind of see her there. Yeah. So I was like, oh. Anyway. That's weird. Herb is saying that it's weird to prep for your last day of living. And he was like, Vietnam was different than this. And I was like, oh. Yeah. So then he says that since he doesn't have a family, he want, he told the army to send Brian his flag. And I was like, damn, mm. that's a lot. Did your heart shatter when Herb said, you're the only one who cared enough to fight for me? Uh-huh. This whole scene, this is what I had. I could not. It took me like 40 minutes to watch this one scene. Oh, I cried so much. So then he asked Brian to pray with him and then they pray together. So now he's ready and they play his song over the loudspeakers. And then I was like, that is really heavy because anybody who like. Oh, my God. I thought of that too. Right. Like, yeah, they get the chance to play their favorite song or whatever. So every single inmate gets to hear when one of their inmates is about to die. I don't know if it's like an every time thing or if it's just like a special request like if you thing. Request, yeah, but like that's still the option that's available to you. So like yeah. in the case that like every single one or even if it's every five or whatever, you yeah. still like like me in my cell. But like just what if know you know when somebody's going. But what if you liked that song? Then you can't like listen to that song again. No. Without thinking about someone dying. But you know what? It's not about you at that point. No, it's really. <laughs> no, no. One hundred percent. It's not. Oh, definitely not. So um sorry no 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 (laughs) (laughs) just 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 bringing us back to reality a little bit yeah (laughs) um but you know what also is crazy to me is that like every single day that these inmates are in on death row the guards are treating them like absolute garbage at the end of the day that they go to die they're like oh my god sweetie are you okay yeah they that's not that's the only time they're shown any type of humanity that's bullshit it's fucked up yeah so then they're strapping him to the chair and the young CEO looks at him and looks very sad. And I was like, if they make this boy a white savior, I'm going to be big mad. Yeah. I felt like he was just kind of there to make like the white audience comfortable to be like, oh, like, <laughs> not all the white people in the movie are We bad. weren't all comfortable with this. Well, yeah, wow. It's like you had Eva. That's all you need. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You Like, I get it. Like, this is a young cop. Like, maybe he's a little bit more empathetic, but they didn't need to focus on him as much as they did. Yeah. Yeah. So they ask Herb if he has any last words. He says, I have no ill feeling feeling and I hold nothing against anyone. And I was like, damn, he really is going out stronger than everybody else's. Yeah, really. So then Walter starts banging his cup against his bars and then the other inmates join in and they all just start like chanting for him. And the other thing that's wild to me is that like 
just the whole setup of this thing is like they finish strapping Herb to the chair and then like there's a whole witness room behind the glass and I'm like, how many people are there to watch him die? A lot. That is insane to That's me. That's for every execution. Yeah. Yeah. So then I was like, now at this point too, all the um, all the inmates are making noise. They're saying that they're with Herb and like he can hear them kind of through the vents. And now I was big time sad. Mm-hmm. So then it all goes quiet because he remembers to breathe like and be chill and be with himself. And yeah. then they electrocute him and the young CO and Brian have looks on their faces just like anyone with emotions would. Yeah. And then literally everybody else in the room is like just watching and taking notes. And I'm just like, that's bad shit crazy to me. Yeah. They're so desensitized to yeah. it. Like, like they, I get that you have to do it legally for records and stuff, but like <laughs> nothing like no emotion. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So then uh, Ava picks Brian up after this and he's crying. Obviously, mm-hmm. they go back to the office and he's working on Walter's case immediately. And he sees something in Walter's files that sparks something. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, and I was like, what's in that book? Yeah. So we cut to Brian meeting with Ralph again. And Brian immediately grills Ralph about knowing absolutely nothing about a murder and then being the key witness to the case. There's a three-month gap between his first statement and his second. Brian pulls out some info. He's like, oh, on August 1st, 1987, the sheriff transferred two inmates to death row, Walter and you. So what's happening, Ralph? He says they executed somebody named Ritter a few weeks after he was in there and says that he was in the witness room when they executed her just kind of like contextualize it a little bit so then i was like why is this being brought up like who's ritter like is he important to anything so no yeah ralph starts talking and he's like they put him in the cell closest to the kill room so he could smell the skin burning which is not something that i like to picture no so then he says that when he was seven his mother's boiler exploded and he was on fire for like two minutes which is horrifying his foster mom or yeah yeah because they try to like pull some sympathy uh for ralph by saying that he's like in and out of the foster system or whatever yeah we so, he's not sympathetic yeah but they try yes. to make you so see said, something yeah. out of him but go on go he on he says that everybody knows his fear of being burnt and they knew that they knew what would happen to him mentally if they put him right next to the kill room yeah so he said that he called the sheriff the next day and said that he would tell him anything to get him out of there so then brian asked him to testify again because they're using him like as a tool and tells him that he and Walter have more in common than he thinks. So he says that if there's any part of him that like wants to make things right, then this is the last chance he's going to get. So now it's August 16th, 1992, which means this is almost within our lifetime. Yeah. How fucked up is that though? They just should have tortured him just to get him to give a testimony. That's intimidation, baby. That's fucked up. Okay. We love it to be convenient. Yep. But so go on. <laughs> 1992, there is a news anchor telling us that we are going to see if the case opens up again or not. Basically, it all comes down to Ralph's new testimony. So now we're inside the courtroom. Walter walks in or he gets walked in. Excuse me. Because yeah. he's not allowed to walk anywhere by himself. No. His whole family is there. We see police dogs. They're barking at them as they pass by. But of course, not at the white people. Why would we bark at white people? Yeah. So they make him do his Bible oath thing and um, the thing about telling the truth and nothing, whatever, but the truth. What is that? Is that just an oath? It's just an oath. Okay. Yeah. To be like, oh, I'm telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So the judge comes in and he's immediately like, this is going to be an emotional trial. If you can't keep your shit together, then go, which is an unrealistic request. Right. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Ralph takes a stand and I'm like, Ralph, you better pull through. Yep. And he immediately plays dumb. And I'm like, don't be a scumbag, you Ralph. Ass. Yeah. I was well, like, you know what I, I thought like, they were going to I thought they were going to play this. So like, when he does the oath, 
he doesn't respond immediately and then he does oh yeah he's like yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah they just they woke me up at like two o'clock to get me here and i'm like you're not gonna play tired you're not gonna play stupid he's sitting there you shut up and he's like oh i don't remember anything oh i'm just oh poor me i'm ralph and like i'm so tired and i don't know anything i'm an old man and i'm like ralph i hate you (laughs) so much (laughs) so brian is asking if he remembers all that stuff he plays stupid and then brian notices like every time he answers he's like he's like oh was your testimony at walter's trial true and ralph responds with i don't know and i'm like yes you do ralph you know for sure you know so then every time he answers though he looks at the da and the sheriff yeah and brian notices so he strategically places himself in between the eye line and i was like you are a smart man honestly i respect that so much brian is amazing he's so amazing yeah so then he he stands there now he takes a new angle and he's like do you know who walter is so then ralph points to him and then he goes on and he's like okay so was your testimony true and then he's like no sir not at all and then he points out all the flaws in the story and he's like i made it all up and this and that and blah 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 he spills the beans and trash man chapman accuses ralph i like that yeah of just saying whatever because he's unhappy with his sentence length and i'm like shut up so ralph goes off and says he doesn't care what happens to him that walter doesn't deserve to be sitting where he is yeah and he's like bro are you dumb me saying all these things has nothing to do with my sentence if anything that's gonna put me on death row you idiot yeah and you're the one that's gonna put me there yeah (sighs) so i'm glad ralph pulled through he still sucks yeah but (laughs) but you know he finally did the right thing yeah it is a little lazy to uh, applaud people for doing the right thing, but he did yes, the right thing. He did the right thing. So we do kind of have to acknowledge that a little bit. Nah, he still sucks. But yeah, he's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then there's another witness. It's the first cop from the scene or the first cop who arrived on the scene. Yeah. That ex-cop that uh, Brian yeah. met with earlier. Yeah. So we get a montage of Brian throwing facts at the judge and we get that guy giving a test. He's testifying and testimonies by others involved in the case and we get testimonies by others involved in the case that were never used in the original case that ended Mm -hmm. up sentencing walter and brian argues that withholding all this information from walter's initial trial is a total violation right which very true (laughs) yeah it is hello he didn't get a fair trial he didn't have a jury of peers like oh he didn't yeah oh i wonder why he wasn't afforded that wow so the judge is like, okay, I'll go through everything and we'll get back together at a later date and decide if we want to go through this trial oh, again. Well. And I'm like, he's trash if he decides not to. Right. Mm. <laughs> well. Yeah. So after court, Walter is thanking Brian and then his family shows up. So the young CEO, who, remember, has a heart, he yeah. says that they have a few minutes so you guys can say hi if you want to, which is like a big thing because Brian is like, oh. Yeah. So um, they like share a look and whatever, and it's like a thing. So then we go back to court at whatever later time or date it is. And the judge is like... A month later. It was a month later? It was a month later, which Damn. seems like way too long. So, so far, right? Ralph Myers is the key witness and in the initial trial and confesses his testimony and whatever that gave Walter his death sentence. All that was bullshit. All that he said was bullshit. And can you imagine being the family of that girl who was killed and hearing that the cops didn't do shit, didn't bother doing shit, pinned the whole thing on a random dude and carried on not doing shit? Do you think... Okay, so... Can you imagine? So, okay, think like a racist for me for a second. (laughs) So, (laughs) So, somebody kills my daughter and a black man is put away for it. Do we care that the black man has been put away for it at all, even though the murder is still out there? So if you're thinking like, do like you, a racist, like, do we just want 
to hear that somebody has been arrested for killing my daughter or do we want to find the person that killed my daughter so i think in regards to it being someone's kid i think they just want to see someone put away Mm. i think you're just angry yeah you're pissed off and you just want to see someone go down for it Mm. yeah but then again like we've said eight thousand times the murderer is out there yeah i me personally i'd rather see the right person right behind bars Hmm. but like not everyone's as nice as me but it's not 1989 (laughs) or it's not 1992 anymore yeah like sucks but yeah like i would hope that family would want to see the right person yeah and not just some random dude right. that you would think and wouldn't you want to be a little wouldn't you be pissed off that like would you feel safer yeah but wouldn't you be pissed off that you were lied to yeah this by whole the people time? who are supposed to be protecting you yeah the people who were meant to protect you and only you <laughs> are lying to you <laughs> oh. but anyway so yeah the judge is saying that ralph contradicted himself in everything he said so his original testimony discredits everything he said today or um, at the the last meeting so he's like well so he could be lying which means that no new trial will be held and i'm like oh fuck this guy but he had so many other witnesses there was an ex-cop there yeah you wouldn't trust the cop that literally like- said it was reported that her body was like face up and over here, but I found her face down by the bathroom. Yeah. What was he doing for a month? Right. Was he even looking at these files? I don't know. Or is he just watching soap operas? Like, you suck, sir. Yeah. So I'm going to throw eggs at your grave if you're dead. <laughs> like, you're awful. So, <laughs> the judge says that Walter is to return back to the correctional facility where he will get electrocuted. So then Walter's son stands up and is like, you cannot do this to us again, judge. Yeah, he has an emotional outburst. They didn't even give him a chance to calm down before yeah. arresting him. He's like, like, you better sit down or you're going to get arrested for whatever it is that you get arrested for for standing up in yeah. court. Full offense. But if the judge gets to take a month to decide on a trial, then they can give a teenager more than 10 seconds to recollect himself. Right. But this is a black teenager, so we don't <gasps> care. <laughs> remember that uh, so then it. the judge calls for him to get arrested and then we cut back to walter getting tra- is getting put back in his cell and he doesn't enter immediately so the young ceo is like don't do this right now man so then walter slams his hands against the the, the bars and kind of pushes back because he just watched his son get arrested so yeah. he thinks that his son is gonna die soon i get that mm-hmm. uh so then they have to like forcefully put handcuffs on him and now he's in solitary for a hot second yeah and then our um young ceo who has a heart slides him his family photos through the slot of his uh solitary door yeah so then like the bare minimum to be nice right yeah so then walter's looking at them and then he starts crying he he is what we should be seeing from more people right in like more officers right you know right (laughs) and even that is like not enough yeah exactly but but so he starts crying at the photos. He's looking at them. And then he like puts the photos to his, his face. And I'm like, that's that's tears. That's going to run your ink. Save oh. your photos. Oh, those are your memories. Anyway, cut to Brian on a jog, having his main character introspective moment. And then now it's tomorrow. He's talking with Ava about how nobody talks about how this is where slaves were bought and sold and lynched. And then some boy from Delaware shows up and promises to bring a man home only to make it worse. So he's having like a whole like this is my fault kind of moment. Yeah. And then Eva says that she's always heard that lawyers shouldn't get too close to their clients. But she but he has shown her that that's bullshit because Brian treats all of his clients like family. And she says that he means more to the community than he knows. Because he cares. Yeah. He's not just there for a dollar. Yeah. So then we get a montage of Brian in church and they're all singing and vibing and having a good time except for Brian who's still very somber. Yeah, he takes a minute to warm up. Yeah. And I was like, this is a Baptist church, right? Because it's 
because I've always thought they look fun. <laughs> you know, because I grew up Catholic and Catholic mass is boring as fuck. Ooh, so I don't like, know how to separate them, I have to say. And I'm like, oh, like they look like they're having a good time. I just, yeah, I just know that some churches look fun. Like everybody's singing and having a good time and some when they're like very, very just, I'm going to read the book. Yeah, like I would rather go to this again and have a good time one. Right. Yeah, because I feel like that's what like Jesus would be into. <laughs> you, know? you think he was a rager? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I totally think so. Like... Catholic Mass is boring, guys. Like, you want me back in there. You got to make it more fun. I didn't say it. That was all you. Yep. So the next day, Brian is meeting with Walter. Walter talks about how when he was arrested, he knew that he would be okay because he didn't do it. And once I started talking to people, they would all obviously find the alibis. But then all the cops called him a killer. The news did. The white guy testified against him. The town turned on him. So now it's like the truth seems kind of hazy now. But then he says that seeing Ralph tell the truth yesterday was the first time he felt like himself in years. And so I was like, damn. At this part of the movie, because I didn't know anything about this story. So I was like, is he going to make it? Like, because <laughs> if he doesn't make it, I'm going to be devastated. <laughs> I'm going to be. Yeah. I was like so ready to be like let down Man, i'm hard. not finishing this movie yeah. <laughs> i was like i was like god please let him go i'm so ready to be just totally shattered mm. uh he says that these fools can do what they want to do and if he gets taken to the chair today then he'll go out smiling because he remembers the truth and brian gave that to him and i was like that is a lot to put on somebody oh for sure um but then brian says that he won't give up and then Later on, we see that Brian is at Walter's home again, telling everybody that they're going to try something else with an outside court. So then Walter's son brings up the point that even if he does get out, they'll still just kill him out here. Mm. You know, like he'll just, he's, he's just going to walk around with a target on his back for the rest of his life. Walter's kids are like aware. So, yeah, they're <laughs> so on point. Yeah. And just very. Oh. So then we cut to Brian's office and they're filming a 60 minutes episode, which is what a power move. Honestly. Right? Yes. Oh. So we cut to different people in the story watching the show. Mm -hmm. And there's an interview with Walter. There's an interview with Ralph. And we cut to Chapman watching. And he's watching the interview with himself. And he looks like an asshole. And we cut to his. Yeah. And we cut to his wife. And she's looking at him like she's disgusted. Good. Expose them. Yeah. So then they bring the case to Alabama Supreme Court to decide if they can reopen the trial. And I was like, that is a what another power, power move. move. Yeah. Love it. So then Brenda answers a call and you can see how many, how much like the office has grown. Oh my God. Did I you know. notice that? I was like, so, oh God, they have employees now. I was like, oh, they are expanding and we yeah. love to see it. <laughs> but anyway, so she forwards the call to Brian. He answers it and they have been granted a new trial. Yes. So now Brian is being interviewed for the news saying that they'll be calling for Walter's immediate release. And then the DA comes out right after and he looks like such a clown. Yeah. He's like, oh, no comments, no comments. And you know when they say that. You know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> it means nothing he can say. It's going to be the good thing. Yep. Yeah. So then later on, Brian gets served some papers saying that the DA is asking the court to stay the proceedings. He gets served a pleading. Okay. I didn't know what this part meant. Yeah. Explain this for me. So <laughs> basically what it says is that Chapman is trying to get more time to build his case. So he's pleading oh, for yeah, more yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what an asshole. He should have had a good case to begin with instead of right. convicting the wrong person. The good case would have been the right case. Yeah, you dickhead. <laughs> but <laughs> whatever. That stupid ass perm. Yeah. So Brian goes to Chapman's house to be like, what the fuck, bro? Chapman immediately goes on with whammy. Your 60 minute oh. special made me look so bad. And oh. now like people hate me and like 
politicians are on my butt. He's like, do you know the bullshit I put up with since your 60 Minutes piece? I got the governor up my ass, people calling me a racist, victims' families calling me every five seconds, and I'm like, oh, boo-hoo, are you being oh. called a racist? Oh, oh no. You? Oh. Wah. Wah. She called him a wambulance. Mm, get mm. some French cries with your mm. wham burger. Mm. Oh, it's not like there's a man falsely convicted sitting on death row at waiting his execution fault. date, and it's all your fault because so you that, didn't do a correct trial. Oh, the DA says that his job is to make the people of his county safe. And then Brian's like, are you talking about the white people or black people? Because the black people do not feel safe at all. And then he goes on and he's like, you are literally letting a murderer go free. And I was like, finally, he said it. Yeah. And then Brian says that he thinks the DA knows right from wrong and he knows Johnny didn't do it. So he'll be uh, motioning against whatever the 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 elongated plea. Yeah. So then he's like, you should maybe like think about being on my side. Yeah. Because you know what's right. And Chapman has the nerve to say that he's fighting for people and not his reputation. I'm like, you're a liar. You shut the fuck up right now. You're a liar. You're yeah. protecting your reputation because you don't want everyone to know you're wrong. Because you're scared of people judging you. Yeah. Brian's like, dude, what are you doing? Be on my side. Yeah. So, so it ends, could- I feel like it ends on like a positive note because the DA just ends saying like, next time you show up to my house, you get at least call first, which yeah. I feel like is like enough of, of the um, concession to be like, oh, you know, it's yeah. It's almost enough of a yes. He's kind of a dick, though, the whole he's time. He's absolutely 100% he's, a dick. He's still being a dickhead. Yeah. But we cut to the trial. Mm-hmm. There's an officer not allowing Walter's people into the courtroom. And yep. Brian tells him off. He's like, this is a public hearing. They're allowed to go in. He's like, oh, I'm just following orders. And he looks at the sheriff yep. for approval. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? I was like, I fucking hate the sheriff so yep. much. Oh, um so then the sheriff says oh you can let them in now so he lets them in and, and then, there's no seats left yeah, for them that's some back of the that's bullshit. fucked up yeah yeah so we have a lady judge this time she has no time for anything yeah. she's like can we hurry this up like i gotta go she probably read that case and was like are you fucking kidding me yeah what are we fighting about yeah yeah so brian gives his opening statement amazing public speaker this guy yes the judge calls on chapman and he asks to approach the bench to whisper and he's like judge i'm troubled <laughs> wait but hold on real quick yeah just brian's brian's speech is about how um the case is based on intimidation and suppression of facts yes should it be that or should it be based on justice yeah you know, it's like that and then he's like is it just that the rich guilty person walks away while the poor innocent man gets scapegoated like is that fair can we just dismiss the case immediately and then and then the da comes up and is troubled <laughs> he's, he starts fumbling around and we find out he's gonna join in on dismissing the charges against walter Oh, and which is a surprise to the sheriff because he looks at him like, bro, are you serious? Yep. And I'm like, yeah, he's serious. Finally. <laughs> Finally doing something good. Could and you then, imagine how many years has he been at that job that he is now just doing the right thing? Yeah, right. You know, how many other people were wrongly convicted is yeah. also what I want to know. Yeah. But the judge looks at it and she's like, OK, cool. All charges are dismissed. Like, I can go home now. I did not <laughs> expect that. Yeah, me neither. I really didn't. The sheriff leaves in a huff and I'm like, fuck you. Ugh. yeah but you know it's it's uh one of those like everybody starts crying walter's crying yeah the family's emotional. crying they all run up to him and uh, i'm not crying you are you know it's one of those <laughs> oh my god i was like yes <gasps> we won <laughs> so then yeah they all reunite they're hugging and it's a whole thing and then now we cut to all the inmates making noise for walter as he packs his stuff up and he's walking away and he shakes everybody's hands on the way out he says bite away <sighs> yeah and i'm like oh brian drives walter home we get a voiceover of a beautiful monologue mm-hmm 
And He's talking about how when he graduated, he had ideas to change the world. But then Walter taught him that you can't just have ideas. You have to have conviction in your heart. And Walter taught him to stay hopeful because hopelessness is the enemy of justice. Mm. And I was like, oof, that yeah. is a lot. That is powerful. Um, we cut to April 1st, 1993, the U.S. Senate hearing on the death penalty. And Brian are, and Walter are both here to speak. And Brian continues his monologue here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. He's saying that everyone is more than the worst thing that they've ever done. And the opposite of poverty isn't wealth. The opposite of poverty is justice. And I was like, that is so good. It is so good. It is so the truth, too. So good. So then he says that we have to look into ourselves to see that or we look into ourselves and we'll see that we all need justice and we all need mercy. And I was like, there goes the title. Mm -hmm. So then Walter's like, I taught you all that, man. I'm good. I was like, you guys, you guys are so cute. Walter. Yes. Love a friendship. So we end the movie with photos and facts about the real people that this movie's focused on, mm-hmm. which is like my favorite thing about every movie based on a true story. Yeah, with the follow-up. Yeah. So one thing that really struck me is we find out Brian took Ray's case to the Supreme Court in one, and he was released after 30 years on death row. That's wild. 30 years. He sat in a cell 23 hours a day waiting for an execution date for 30 years. That's crazy. That's yeah he was set free in 2015 just to put that in context 2015 yeah like that's crazy oh yeah the other thing that i don't like at all is that tate was the monroe county sheriff for 32 years until he retired in 2019 what last year are you kidding me yeah he was reelected six times after walter's case I must have missed that part of the facts. Oh, it my was, God. Um, they, they went in and out of doing credits and then going back to pictures. Yeah. So that was also a very smart way to keep you to stay to watch the credits. Yeah. We'll oh, give sure. them that. Yeah. But there was like, how, how, how do you have that record and you get reelected six times? That's fucked up. That, I just that, but like, that, you know? That makes me so mad. That's when you're like, there's so much progress happening. And then you like see this and you're like, oh, no. Oh. It's not. Yeah, no. <laughs> so then also, alabama didn't know it was the 2000s they forgot they must have forgot <laughs> yeah in 1993 there was a new investigation in ronda morrison's murder and guess what it's strongly believed that a white man killed her and guess what no charges were filed wow yeah of course yeah because yep. they spent they convicted the wrong guy and wiped their hands clean of big the surprise thing. yeah assholes yeah yeah so uh thoughts on the movie i need to watch a documentary about this like I'm like, so <laughs> is it okay to say I love this movie? I liked it a lot. I okay. Loved it, yeah. I like this movie. I have so many emotions over it from crying to being angry, but that's the point of this movie. Yeah. Is to pull emotion yeah, out of you. To be there with him. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. Also, sorry. I'm going to cut you off again because I want to give the stats about um, what Brian has done because he's amazing. Yes. He did a lot and his law firm is still going strong. Yeah. So he's been doing this for over 30 years. He and his attorneys have one relief reversals or the release of over 140 death row prisoners. That's a lot. So yeah, that's, that's a lot a of lot. people that did not need to be there. Yeah. Ava's still doing uh, operations there. So then there's a stat at the end that for every nine people who have been executed in the U.S., one person on death row has been proven innocent and released, which is too big of a percentage yeah oh absolutely that's a lot and that's why a lot of people have issues with the death penalty Mm, i get that yeah i'm with it yeah okay yes back to your thoughts sorry so i just wanted to give that stat all this happened in the 80s and it's still so relevant today. and the 90s yeah and it's still so relevant today and i watched this like holy shit this is based on a real story but for black people watching this this is a real story yeah 
and I'm like, Ooh. oh, yeah. yeah. My thing is that what I was saying earlier about like, I thought that it was in the 60s, even though it clearly said it was in the 80s or even like close to the 90s, is that like the my I was going to say that my only issue with these kind of movies, like at least the big ones that a lot of people see, is that they're always period pieces are always painted as period pieces that are like so separated from reality and like from like current times yeah that it's so easy for us as the audience to separate oh that was in the past we're not like that now so it's easy for like white people to watch it and be like "Mm, good thing we're better than that now oh that was so far away i like like i'm glad that this was at least i mean it's still period which like obviously it has to be have happens for us to tell the story but like i'm glad that it's recent enough like it's within our lifetimes that this happened and they keep to contextualize it more yeah and they keep punching in the fact that like this is the 80s yeah this is the 90s like hello because i was like i'm also part of that like i kept thinking it was the 60s and then i'm watching i'm like this looks like an 80s outfit what why but that's not the 60s yeah and i was like wait no because they've done it to me (laughs) like i've been brainwashed and i'm like (laughs) so then it's it's like it's i don't know i just like that they they're bringing it to more of a current issue yeah so that people can understand that like it it's happening yeah like Like, it's not we're not dumb we didn't fix it yeah so that's good like watching this i'm like there has been not enough change yeah there the amount of change that's been done is so minuscule when you compare then and now and it's one of those things like it's like like brian is a black man like brian stevenson who i need to do research on because like he's still doing his thing yeah um like black people are helping black people like when are the white people gonna help black people yeah you know oh absolutely it's always i always have this thing when when it comes to like the race conversation where it's like everybody's always like what white versus black but there's also so many people in between yeah but i also get that there's it's very much white versus black for like the history of the country yeah for sure but like in between well we'll get there when we get there but anyway i'm also glad like that the young co he was very much like the sympathetic white character in this but i'm glad like he wasn't he still wasn't the white savior yeah and i'm very glad that they didn't do that he was just kind of there yeah to be there yeah <laughs> just to show like oh yeah there is one good comp but no i'm like i'm like so turned off when i see a white savior because it's like i'm just watching the white director's white guilt and that that's just being like pushed on us yeah. Like, oh my god i feel bad so let me show everybody that i'm better than that by putting in a <laughs> character that looks like me and who's nice and can save the day like, that's so, i'm so over that stuff like yeah hidden figures was such a good movie like i think taraji should have won the oscar for that that was in 2015 mm-hmm. and there's one white savior scene and i'm like what the fuck is this this is not about you there's have you seen it i haven't there's there's just a scene where there's like colored bathroom versus not colored bath or versus white bathroom and then the the white guy in charge like takes a um a crowbar to knock down the colored sign and i'm like oh you really did save the day huh <laughs> like shut up you did so much you, yeah you, uh, so it's it's just i'm i'm over the white saviorness and i'm glad like that's why that's where the representation comes in yeah because that's where, like I, i'm pretty sure michael b jordan's company produced this and then he had an asian director so like they are aware that like this is not about white people right now. Like, yeah. Shut up for just 30 seconds, please. No, absolutely. Or like take the backseat. I don't have to tell you to shut up because you should be listening. <laughs> but like just because we don't see a white person doing the saving doesn't mean that a white person isn't doing something good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 100%. So yeah, that's that's all. But yeah, and overall, I liked it a lot. It yeah. Just, you know, Brian Stevenson is really that bitch and he's <laughs> really out there doing it. So yeah, like I need a documentary about him. Yeah. I need to learn more about him. Yeah. You know what actually was very interesting? I was listening to a podcast yesterday and one of those quotes that was just like, damn, was somebody said, we need less monologues and more dialogues. And I was like, 
Oh. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. So I'm going to keep that in mind more. <laughs> and then there's also the, the, um, the whole saying of like listening with the intent to understand instead of the intent to respond. Yes. 100%. So trying to keep that in mind more. Yeah. But this was a good movie. It was really good. Fantastic. Yeah. I could just rant about white saviors all day long. <laughs> I just, I will never stop because it's just, uh, it's overcompensating. Yeah. You know, just like do the right thing and you don't need a medal for it. I mean, I could rant about people in authority fucking up their jobs <laughs> because there's way too many, <laughs> there's way too many documentaries and just cases where it's just a complete flub mm. on the side of the police. Mm-hmm. It's just like come on they have to do better yep yeah <laughs> on that note yep sorry <laughs> thanks for uh listening to a more serious episode from yeah, us thank you we just we figured like you know it would be very um it wouldn't be the right thing for us to do morally if we just watched another silly movie this week yeah it wouldn't have felt right we're gonna watch silly stuff next week yeah next but week we just so- needed to like take a minute for, like even for us to just like chill out and like learn something and talk yeah about this and um also i love talking about these things so like if you need to talk to me like talk to me oh me too like oh i yeah. love it um next week we do have a fun episode but definitely try to stay informed and keep up with yeah. what's going on in the world yeah so okay thanks yeah. for listening thank you tell your friends <laughs> we'll talk like i won't attack people no definitely not i like to i like to try to understand things more so. you can follow us on twitter yep our twitter shouty media yeah. On Facebook and on Instagram. Yeah. And tell your friends to listen to us on the all the platforms. All things. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. here's to learning and being better. Yes, definitely. All right. The only way to go is up, up. up and forward. Yep. Definitely. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.